0: Hello and welcome to this episode of PandaVision. Today, Ashley Coffin and myself, Matthew Fox, are talking about The Stand TV show, episode eight, The Stand. All that and more after this commercial break, we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew. I'm joined by Ashley. Ashley, we have a – this was an episode.
2: We knew it was coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, So we're just going to blast right ahead. Um, I, I think the way we're going to do this is all, epi- all series long, we've been talking a lot about what happened in the book, what happened in the TV show, and sort of how it compares to this. And there are a couple of more spoilers for those of you who haven't finished the story in terms of how – what sort of the epilogue is, but it certainly seems like whatever's going to happen next is going to be somewhat of an epilogue um, because it it certainly seems like the story's over just based on what we saw. Yeah. Um, So I think what we're going to do is instead of having a spoiler section per se, we're going to do this in two parts. And the first part is we're going to just talk about this utterly on its own without any reference to other versions of the story. And then we'll go into some of those other versions and talk about, you know, how it compares. So just based on this, Looking at this as the conclusion of at least the main part. Obviously, there's still one more episode, although it's actually called, I think, epilogue. Uh, It's called Coda, Franny in the Well. And Coda is often kind of a... It's not quite an epilogue, but it's similar to that. So what did you think of this last episode? How did you think of how it all got wrapped up?
2: I mean... um, Okay, don't reference. (laughs) Not even... Okay, it's so hard. I feel like... um, it's very ambiguous yeah. if you were looking for some kind of answer which to be fair to be fair is kind of more along the lines of what we've kind of been looking for the whole time is them not to say whether it's an actual god or the god or god you know capital g um right. and i think they kind of left it very much like that but they also left everything else open too
0: yeah i i think that's a good way to say it i feel like there's a lot of individual beats in this episode that I really liked. Mm-hmm. I liked having Lloyd kind of, there's some parts of what Lloyd did that I really didn't like, but I, I liked him having this turn of, you know, his, uh, you know, face turn to some extent. I really loved Glenn and the way Glenn called everyone out. And I loved all the stuff about, um, you know, the fear and like the the breakdown of authority and fear that Flag has. Mm-hmm. But then we literally had a deus ex machina or a, you know, ball of lightning ex machina, whatever yeah, you said. Yeah. I don't know who sends the ball of lightning, Mm-mm. but I think it's frustrating for me because I felt like no one had any actual agency in what happens by the end here. Um,
2: yeah, it's almost like the writers still aren't sure what Stephen King meant. So they're like, you know what? Ball of light. You cool with ball of light? Fog? Right. Oh, shit. Definitely put some fog in there. Yeah, let's do it. And then let's horrifyingly kill a bunch of people.
0: <laughs> right. Because the lightning is also kind of a laser that explodes people. Um, yeah, that's like Even poor Lloyd – like, Lloyd got his, like, one moment of, like, no, I'm not going to go along with this. Mm-hmm. And then all that happens is instead of being hit by lightning, he gets hit in the head by a huge pipe and then dies. Which you know?
2: doesn't see- – like, that doesn't scream, like, Christianity God to me.
0: Well, I mean, it's but- – cert- there's a lot of people who will tell you right now that that's the you know god of thunder and punishment and all that. Yeah, um, that's true.
2: But he was. Like, it is a god know, of redemption. lightning though, so maybe
0: this is Thor. Maybe it's this is a crossover Thor. episode.
2: Maybe it's <laughs> Zeus. Maybe it's Greek, and we've been reading on the messages wrong. That I, could don't be know. It.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let, let's go. Let's kind of go through all the stuff that leads up to that big confrontation moment, because I thought there was a lot of good and some stuff that I didn't love. Um, but let's first talk about Glenn cuz I know Glenn was a big favorite of yours early on. What do you think him. of how his story wraps up?
2: Glenn was like you at that place. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, yeah, I mean just like I loved everything he had to say. You know, Glenn gives no fucks about what's happening. Like he's just sitting there with his arms crossed the entire time just giggling and laughing because it is all very ridiculous. All of these people who as who are working for Flag are ridiculous characters of themselves like and it right. obviously is starting to to crumble. He can see it right. in Lloyd, and he doesn't even know Lloyd.
0: I, I I take that as a very high compliment, thank you. Because I oh. thought <laughs> I thought Glenn's portrayal here is fantastic, and I, I think he's got sort of one some of those important like speeches in the whole show. It, because to me, what he is talking about is a truth that is so real. This idea that what allows you know sort of evil authoritarian you know dictators, whatever they are, to flourish is fear. It's Mm -hmm. the idea that we all have to go along. And what Glenn's able to say is, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, the worst that can happen is he kills me. So what? And just the like, and it's funny because in many ways, that's a very, very Christian message, although I'm glad that they don't sort of I don't think Christianity has the monopoly on that message. And so I'm glad they don't claim that it does, but Mm -hmm.
2: they sure double down on it later.
0: (laughs) Well, right. But, but from Glenn's perspective, I mean, one of the interpretations of the resurrection often is like, you know, the empire killed Jesus, but it didn't matter. And so it's sort of a, a call on that the worst thing temporal authority can do to you, it won't ever stop a movement. You know, it's not like Gandhi. A lot of his stuff was about that. A lot of the nonviolent stuff is about that, like that in the end, it's, No one can actually, like, rule through power. What they rule through is the fear of that power. And that if you show you're not, as they say, afraid of evil. And so I loved that. I loved the idea of his whole world sort of starting to crumble as more and more people say, we will fear no evil. You know, Mm -hmm. I just thought that was, it it was very 1984 to me, you know, especially of, I love that one scene of the rat woman basically saying, like, of course she doesn't believe this, but she has to put on the show. Yeah, Like, it, it reminded me of 1984, of like, Stuff that you hear coming out of like Stalinist Russia or Maoist China of like n- no one believes it, but everyone believes that they have to act like they believe it because everyone else believes it. Right. You know, and it's that whole house. Once one person says, "I don't believe this," everyone can say, "Oh wait a minute, no, you're right. This this isn't this isn't the, the thing."
2: Yeah, and it happens. I think it all kind of started for Lloyd with what happened to oh god, I'm not going to remember his name, uh, the biker.
0: Oh yeah, I remember who you talking about. I'm not I don't remember his name either. Yeah.
2: Yes. And um it's it's those tiny little cracks that lead to giant empires falling. Mm-hmm. We've historically exactly. seen it forever.
0: Yeah, cuz someone like Lloyd well, and let's talk about Lloyd here cuz he his presentation in this episode's kind of all over the map.
2: Yeah, I I don't know whether they were trying to like either overact with him or I don't know. What
0: what did you think? So I handle a mixed range of emotions. I, First of all, the one negative, especially in the first half of this episode, they play him as very, I, I think the best word I can use is a masculine, you know, and I, I don't like that kind of framing. I don't think there should be a definition of masculinity as linked to, you know, power and a deep voice and not enjoying fancy clothing. Like you can be all those things and be very masculine,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they're certainly playing it in a way of like, look how weak he is. and connecting that to, you know, him having, you know, erectile dysfunction earlier when when Julie's uh, doing stuff with him. Yeah. The whole thing just, like, I wasn't sure if they were trying to, like, be like, oh, look, he's kind of gay. Ha ha, isn't that funny? Or look, he's kind of emasculated. And the fact that he then has this face turn changes a lot that for me. But it, I didn't love that part of his portrayal. It felt a little like just kind of making a cheap joke for a cheap joke without thinking about what it says about him.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very odd. Um, I don't know whether they were using that to make it show like he could be a little bit more sensitive or that he... Maybe it was trying to portray that he was already starting to change a little bit more than everybody else was. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do it well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. And I certainly felt like... I, I think my favorite Lloyd scene for me was when he did shoot Glenn and he goes up to Flag, and before Flag says a word... He's just saying, oh, I think you might be mad at me. I'm so sorry. Here's all my excuses. And Flag's not saying anything. Mm -hmm. And Lloyd is just going deeper and deeper into panic mode. And to me, that was a heartbreaking scene because if you've ever watched a, like, abused child, you know, try to explain to someone else when they think they've done something wrong, even if it's 30 years later, like, that's the exact pattern. I mean, I've gone through that as someone who had, you know, bad abuse when I was a kid. I know so many others of – you learn that silence means they're unhappy with you and Mm -hmm. silence means you've done something wrong and you have to start apologizing for everything you might have done and i to me that was just such a brilliant sign of how abusive that relationship between flag and everyone around him is and that that lloyd's starting to figure that out Mm -hmm.
2: and then him still even at the very end of it casting blame on somebody else to try to get out of it
0: yep that's how it goes yeah, that little moment to Larry of I love your music. Like, he, he's humanized in I a way. Know. But it's like, part of me was kind of sad to see him die just around with everyone else. But also, like, his one little moment didn't really seem to make anything better. Um, especially because he didn't get a chance to save them, which we'll we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, um, I
2: was expect like, I really was expecting that to happen. And I thought yeah. they were going to change some things. Mm-hmm. We'll get there.
0: Well, and so let's talk about the other one of uh uh flag's besties, who has a very different direction. Uh, Nadine, what, Poor
2: did you, what did you think of her? Nadine, okay, what a left turn for this character. Mm-hmm. Like you start her out being powerful, even if it's in an evil way. She's powerful. She's getting stuff done. You know, she's doing what she has to do. She has a plan, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I loved the scene with her and Larry. Where you got to see her see that all of this was a ruse. Mm -hmm. But we don't see her mentally cope with it in a way that would make her do what she did.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like her story was written by someone who didn't care much about her as a character and just wanted her to hit certain beats. Because the way it looked to me was... Nadine is completely under the spell, the glamour, as you said, of this one man she really likes until another man who she really likes points out that maybe it's all wrong and convinces her by showing her that she is ugly now. Mm -hmm. And then only when it's like that she is personally in pain and that she realizes that the delivery of this baby might be terrible for her or might even kill her. Like there's never a moment of. This man I think I love is doing evil things to everybody else. Exactly. It's just about, like, he's – another man I like told me that I'm going to be ugly and I'm maybe in danger myself. I'm ch- And I just – she deserves so much better than that.
2: And it almost looked like an accident, her mm-hmm. falling out. It wasn't – it didn't look intentional. Right. Or that she was trying to prove a point in any way. It looked to me like she was going to smash that against a window she didn't expect to break.
0: Yeah, that's, so which, which, it's funny though because she—I mean—she falls in a way because I felt like it was very intentional that she fell on her stomach, like that yeah. the baby is going to take a lot of the impact, and like clearly they're both going to die. It's funny I hadn't even thought of that, but you're, as I think about it, you're right. I wish they would made it clearer. Like, was this intentional by her or not? It
2: kind of took her her sacrifice away a little bit, it, right. just making it not so. You know, like I'm realizing what's happening, and I'm not going to allow this for another second. It's wrong. To just right. like, because she almost kind of started to believe him again. Right. He's like, and "No, I love." She's like, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "Really, girl."
0: <laughs> and the thing is, if she thinks she's going to die, then it's not much of a sacrifice anyway. Right. Like it's the yeah. So we'll we'll have a lot more to say to that when we get to the like how it compares to other things. But I I definitely thought her character deserved better.
2: I guess we have trash can man.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's go to flag next. Oh yeah. My... Or you know, let let's just, let me do a quick just thing on Ray as well um okay it's kind of connected to i just don't think the women characters are written very well in these last couple episodes yeah um we talked before about how ray is the one we don't know much about but ray has certainly seemed up to this point like she is fairly comfortable with fighting she's fairly comfortable with getting her hands dirty and so to have her be the one who is so afraid of pain and who wants larry to hold her instead of the other way around Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be all super, like, you know, gender theory and all of this. But just, it was like, really? Like, you had to do it that way? Um, we know nothing about this character up until now. And I just, I felt like that, that moment would have been so much better from Larry. Larry was the one who was afraid and she was comforting him.
2: That's true. I also think that she was so tied up and invested in what Mother Abigail was saying, still thinking she would never lead us to our deaths. You know, this is not Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. She believed, you know, she had full Mm. faith. So when that starts to get broken down, uh, I feel like her walls started to like her barriers just got shattered. And, you know, the realization of, you know, what if none, what if all of this was for nothing? You know, that whole how I wish I just knew how this was going to end. Like, I totally get that. I'd be freaking out. Because, you know, when you put all your faith and all your chips in something and you go all in like she did, you know, convincing yourself that, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. The three of us can totally take down Vegas or four of us at the time. This Mm -hmm. entire city of people plus a demon. She, you know, she had a real hard uh, realization come to her.
0: See, and this is where I think actually we're now achieving like what Matt and Jeff often are able to get to on the MCU cast because <laughs> you just headcanoned a better story than they told us. Because, like God, no. I like that version so much more, but I didn't feel we got, I feel like I can see how you get there. But if we just had a couple more scenes of her being the like strongest Mother Abigail devotee and stuff like that, or if it had been more about, you know, the doubt she was having instead of yeah. the pain she's afraid of. Like, um, even
2: in the, uh, like, when they're jailed, her being like, you know Mother Abigail said nothing, you know, we were going to get out of this. Like, Stu already fell. She said only one of us were going to fall. Like, right. get yourselves together.
0: And especially because, like, she's obviously upset that Glenn Bateman dies. But, oh, that could have been so brilliant. That was, because then yeah. she could have been like, wait, but that's two of us. That's not supposed to happen.
2: Right. And that was so brutal right in front of her. I think that really mm-hmm. broke her character, too. Like,
0: ugh. Right.
2: Because that was awful.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, OK, so let's go to uh, your favorite flag. Um, he's back. He's no longer being like evil, bald, terrible, evil man. He's back to sexiness in a jean jacket. Uh, what's your, what's how do you feel about how flag was portrayed this episode?
2: I feel like my favorite thing about flag this entire season has been watching his smiley face button. Have we ever really brought it up?
0: No, we haven't. But you're right. It keeps changing. It changes with his love.
2: mood. Yeah, constantly. I would – if I worked for him, I would always just watch that like, oh, okay, I <laughs> yeah. got to get out of here. It's scowling at me. Um, I think that was a very weak ending to a very powerful character. Yeah. We don't even know who he is.
0: And it's funny because we got – I think we might get more of that in the coda. Like I, there is still one more episode to go.
2: Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: But – yeah i will say like waste not want not was a beautiful moment because it just to me that's the essence of who that character is yeah he had this whole plan everything went wrong but he's still like you know what the broken body of my queen can still be a source of like fear for larry underwood so let's do that ugh disgusting yeah it was it was a hard moment to watch which i think you said like wasn't actually shown in the like um My thumbnail. Yeah. Because I remember going to put it on.
2: I'm looking at it. I was like, what the heck? What is that? And then, of course, like knowing the white hair the second I looked at it, I was like, well, well, I mean, I guess I knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wonder what's going to happen to her because her teeth were in her brain.
0: (laughs) Do you think that he did care about Nadine or was she just as as she thinks at the end, just like the vessel for his son?
2: (sighs) I want. I want in my hearts of heart to think that he would have made her uh, his queen, but Mm -hmm. seeing that end scene, I don't think she would have lived through that birth, and I think that he knew it too. So yeah, I'm going to go with the latter.
0: Yeah, I think kind of what I'm trying to get from him is that he's the person who, you know, he's the king of lies, he's the king of delusions, and the one he deludes the most is himself. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, He's the king of wishful thinking, to quote a favorite 80s song. (laughs) <laughs> um, but like, I think he, he buys into his own story. You know, he buys into the idea of this romantic, dark love that he shares with Nadine, but somewhere in the back of his mind, he probably, you know, he'd probably be like, oh, I didn't know she was going to die. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. What's next? Yeah. Um, and I did like that we get more of his philosophy. Like that, that last speech he gives, I thought was brilliant,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially because it really kind of showed, and I think this is one of the, maybe the best ways. That this is obviously a very modern telling of the story because, and again, we'll talk in a later part about what it is in other versions of the story, but in this, I feel like I finally understand what he is saying is happening in Vegas. And Vegas is for the people who, they feel like that they're you know the victims. They feel like that they are the ones who... Used to be able to say whatever they wanted on the internet and do whatever they wanted and, you know, say whatever they wanted to the women in their office or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They used to be able to say the N word with impunity and now they can't do those things. And it's this, he talks about this, the infection of morality and the infection of rules. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like every, you know, and I, libertarianism is a political philosophy I disagree with. These people have warped to that idea. (laughs) But what people today claim is kind of like, online libertarianism of like we should get to say whatever we want we should get to do whatever we want like no consequences no rules dark web rah rah like yeah that's who's come to vegas and i felt like I, I i that i think was maybe my favorite part of the episode other than glenn is i now feel like i fully understand you know it's these people who feel like on the one hand they feel so empowered but they also feel offended they feel slighted you know like i posted that thing on the internet now no one likes me anymore that's not fair that, yeah. that to me is the heart of Who's at Vegas, and I felt like, okay, that, that's very much being aware of what's happening in the moment that you're writing it. I really appreciated that.
2: Yeah, definitely his shining moment in this entire series. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. I love him so much. He's always so intense, and he plays a bad guy so well.
0: He really does. He really does. Uh, and it's interesting because, I mean, the the character I know him best for is in uh, True Blood, where he's playing someone who is, like, walking that line of villain and anti-hero and ally oh, all my the time.
2: favorite line. Oh, he's, like, that's my, ugh. Right? Hey, like, boy, hey. Because
1: <laughs> yeah, he was like, always,
2: he, like, he would still, you know, rip out the throat of the person next to you. But, you know, he'd make sure you got home okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's He's, like... If he thinks that helping you is worth his while, he will help you and do the right thing, but he'll also completely take advantage of you and maybe you'll like that. You know, there's all oh, sorts totally. of stuff happening there.
2: He can build his little cubby nest in my basement any day.
0: <laughs> We're not after dark. <laughs> yes, oh, there yeah, that's go. true. That's true. It's okay. Again, no kids should be watching. Any kid who's old enough to watch this to watch the stand is probably old enough to hear us make jokes about that. So that's probably fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> If you um, saw if the he, show, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> if the actor guest stars in a Star Wars show, we're dialing the thirst way back.
2: Fair, He's going to be Darth Hotness, though. Oh, that's going to be hard. I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny that. I wouldn't deny that. I. I would enjoy that as well. <laughs> okay, so let's now get to the meat of it. So they t- they make the stand. Um, I guess so. They were kind of on their knees. Well, right, but like. <laughs> So what is this all about? Why did they make this walk? What's what's the purpose of what they're doing? Honestly, I think only Glenn
2: needed to go because mm-hmm. <laughs> it needed to be somebody to go in there and just convince one person that what they were doing was wrong, that right. all of this was a facade and it's all going to fall apart and, you know, you're really not what this part of you is projecting like everybody wants to do that at one point of their lives just say screw it and go crazy go on a bender go some, you know have a crazy weekend but to make that your life forever like eventually you're gonna snap out of it just like those people kind of did so sending everybody i don't understand what the point was to send everybody but it's funny go ahead ahead. no but glenn needed to go
0: Yeah. And it's funny, too, because what you're talking about of, like, just one person needed to go and, like, spread that idea. and would spread. So, basically, that is an infection. In <laughs> that way, mm-hmm. like, flags kind of right. And it's – I mean, it's true. I think truth can be an infection sometimes. Not always, unfortunately, as we're seeing in our own world. But I think you needed Larry as well. I'm trying to think how to best talk about this. Let's talk about it as though before the ball of lightning comes. I think the ball of lightning throws everything out the window. But before yeah. then, Glenn is the one who first makes people start to question everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, it's it's the, the old story of you poke the authoritarian more than you have, more than they're ready for. And the authoritarian cracks down with even more violence. And then that shows everybody just how terrible things are and that it isn't actually a good thing. And so I feel like you did also need Larry saying that whole, like, I will fear no evil, I'll fear no evil. And mm-hmm. that great scene at the end. But then the ball, like...
2: Well then trash man can trash can man comes and it's like, does it even matter if the ball of light was there? Did they anybody need to go there? Was he always gonna come to the hotel instead
0: of the airport? That's that's what drives me crazy about this whole thing is what's the point of them making their stand like to me the point of them making their stand is that the people rise up and the people realize that they're wrong right. and they overthrow flag, and that's a great story. But instead, a lot of them figure out that it's not right, and they all die in nuclear hellfire anyway. So, I okay? know. I like...
2: well, it's like you should have chipped, you should have picked the other side, and that's very Christian.
1: <laughs> oh my god! It's, um,
2: it... And I kept I kept watching other members of the like the cast, like that guy in the brown suit who we saw a lot from the trial to the end, mm-hmm. and part of me kept hoping that it, he was going to just turn into at least some kind of physical omnipotent like being. Just so we could actually see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know why they chose to go with the ball of light. Obviously, it makes sense to keep it kind of in the middle of religions. Um, but when we know what the story's supposed to be, like at least give us more of a climatic ending. I guess I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it felt very Deus Ex Machina, Deus Ex. Uh, you know, trash, trash. Like, well, first of all. The light, the ball of lightning has seemed to eviscerate all the most evil people, including Flagg. Right. So why do you need the nuclear bomb to begin with? I guess to just
2: clean house, to make sure it doesn't happen again, to give more hope to the people in Boulder. Because they're not, I guess they're not going to know what happened at all. And they're just going to think that their people did
0: it. Mm-hmm yeah it just they the got... whole thing struck me as so weird because to me there's kind of two directions you could go one is that the stand doesn't matter because it's just going to be god and the the nuclear bomb wiping everyone out mm-hmm. or that the stand matters because it gives people a chance to change and to do better and to have some retrib- to have some redemption but instead they get to start having the redemption then everybody dies anyway, it's and, like you,
2: so... and the good the good guys go horribly.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, I'll also say, and Grant, we, we'll start getting the book into a second. um All this discussion of how Flag is going to kill them in this terrible, awful way, and it's going to be so painful. Like drowning sucks, but were you a little underwhelmed by his punishment method?
2: <laughs> yeah, I. W- <laughs> When they brought them into the thing, I was like, "Uh-oh, Matthew, they're going to do that gladiator stuff that you did not want to see." Yeah. Um but then when I saw what they were going to do, I was like, "Oh god, I would hate that." Um but it's not as bad as what was intended, but when we get more into the book stuff, I have like yeah. I feel like flags should have been there for yeah. a lot more of that.
0: When well, we let, let's go into the book now, and I'll I'll just um cuz I think is there anything else you wanted to say before we get into like comparing the two stories?
2: No, not really.
0: Yeah. I I guess just – I thought it was also cool that he didn't know that Abigail was dead and that was another fun little moment. Oh, but just,
2: yeah. Which came – another storyline that went to nowhere.
0: Right. It just oh, – They didn't even use
2: it against him.
0: And so let's go into the books and, and th- there the first comparison I was going to make is in the books, it's this horrifically – you know – they're basically supposed to be like ripped apart limb from limb in this like gruesome way that King has lots of fun describing, <laughs> and I, I didn't need that, but I just like we, we they crucify people here, they torture people here, right? Just drowning seems like I'm not that I want torture porn, but I was just like, really, that's that's the terrible <laughs> thing. Okay.
2: And in the miniseries, didn't they have them like they were up like they were gonna be kind of crucified on those like giant wheels
0: yeah. or whatever? Yeah, I think that was that was some version of, like, rip them apart, crucify them kind right. of thing. And then, fortunately for the miniseries, I don't know, you'll have
2: to let me know, does it happen in the book? The hand of God comes down and gets them out of there before the nuke goes
0: off. So I I didn't think that happened in the um, miniseries because it certainly does not happen. In the book, it's absolutely not. The, the, the line in the book specifically is, and the righteous fire burned, no, and the 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 fire burned the righteous and the unrighteous alike Mm -hmm. so in the book it's very clear that they're not rescued i i didn't get the sense they were rescued in the show but i didn't like you know do a frame-by-frame analysis you may you may well have seen something i didn't there
2: okay i'll have to check again but i'm pretty sure that i mean that big hand comes down and they look up at it and then they disappear
0: Mm, okay yeah if they disappeared i didn't notice that but that may well be true I think we both said early on that our the thing we we're most frustrated about in terms of both the book and the miniseries is that it doesn't seem like the characters have any real agency. And I, I to be so disappointed because the sec, like the middle part of this episode, it really seemed like they were going to fix that. It felt like, you know, in the book, Glenn just talks to flag in prison. No one knows this, but here Glenn gets to give his speech in front of everybody, right and it it matters and it, it works and larry says that thing and people start to turn away and i was like oh my god they did it mm-hmm. they fixed stephen king's books they're gonna make the characters have it they're for the first time i understand why these characters have to make the stand because in those terms you know of like the only way that evil wins is if no one stands up to it well here they're literally standing up to it you're right on their knees but uh, so <laughs> metaphorically in that sense but, i
2: just mean after she said the stand so many times i figured they'd be standing
0: of course or like he would Unless. like you know sort of get to his feet well but some but but then it didn't it, it felt like they wanted to give us more agency but then they still did the lightning ball as machina that meant none of it mattered and I right. i was just so frustrated by that
2: yeah i don't know what i expected them to do I kind of expected that, but I was hoping for more just because they gave us so much more throughout the series than I feel like I got from the other iteration of this. So I guess it was just extra disappointing. Yeah. I was disappointed that Flag wasn't there in the scenes more. Like I wanted to see Glenn disrespecting him right in front of everybody's face and then him not being able to use his powers to stop him and forcing Lloyd to do it. And everybody seeing that weakness.
0: Right. No, I think that would have been really good because again, here compared to the book, in the book it is—I I, I want to double check this. Um, I, I don't. Lloyd kills him in the book too. I thought. In the book, I believe it's actually Flagg himself who kills him. You may be right, though. I'm—I'm I'm gonna try. I, remember, and...
2: I think we said last or uh, last time we were
0: talking that he, it was almost—I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, we're oh, yeah. gonna look up quickly because it's just okay. so important. Okay, so so we're both kind of right. He's laughing in Flag's face. In the book, and saying like, "I thought you were. We were all so scared of you, but it turns out you're nothing." He orders, and then so, Flag orders Lloyd to shoot him, and it takes a while, but Lloyd eventually does shoot him. Mm -hmm. And then Glenn says these last words to to Lloyd: "It's all right, Mr. Henry. You didn't. You didn't know any better." So yeah, it's Lloyd does still the one to pull the trigger, but but Flag is right there, and it's Flag who falls into a rage. And, and this is the other part of it. This is the thing about the Nadine story that also was so much weaker here. Because in the book, Nadine realizes that she can't kill herself. But she also, re- it, she doesn't think that she's going to have this terrible life. She realizes that, you know, this sun is going to, you know, bring the world into darkness or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So she starts getting under Flag's skin and teasing him about how he can't find the third spy, which, by the way, got totally forgotten about. You know, that he that he killed Glenn. He she does all these things she can to anger him, and so that in his anger he loses it, throws her over the side, and then immediately realizes, like, oh shit, what have I done? Right. And just that to me, that was such a great moment for her in the book. Uh yeah. and I think to some extent the show of her getting to be like needling him and again making him lose it, making him go into that rage of you know, it's kinda of like a you know who he reminds me of a lot in the book and kinda of wanted to see is um uh Joffrey uh Joffrey from Game of Thrones, yes, you know that that kid who's always been told he has all this power, but the minute someone challenges his power, he just goes nuts, yeah, I feel like it just she
2: doesn't go into labor in anything else, right
0: I not that I know of no not, not that yeah. I,
2: I just feel like under that kind of duress and stress, it just really took away from her character then, and it's funny that the best iteration of this part. Is in the book from her well notoriously so far it's not been and it's like (laughs) you guys you you picked all the right stuff to do so far with her character why couldn't you have just cherry picked that part out because that part would have made a lot more sense like her going to larry him showing her not that she wasn't beautiful anymore that that she looked disgusting without her having to go into labor and just realizing like okay this thing is sucking on my life out Right. And then maybe going up and confronting him about that and him in some way saying like, you know, you know, you have one job or blah, blah, blah accidentally because he's starting to get frazzled.
0: You know what and... would have worked? Mm-hmm. You you pointed out a while ago that, you know, she thought he was making love to her in this like beautiful Las Vegas hotel room. And really they were just like going at it on the desert floor, um, mm-hmm. you know. And what if instead of it being, oh, by the way, you're ugly, it was – that we got to see more of that glamour, and that she thinks she's gorgeous, and that she thinks she looks around and she sees all the beauty of Las Vegas and all the things he's doing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that by Larry making her realize what she actually looks like, it breaks through, and now she sees Flag as he really is, and Vegas. Oh, is it's like yeah, all of that instead of it just being, "Oh my God, I'm ugly. I'm not this beautiful queen." Like, yeah, and something so hurts much for her.
2: Make it stop. Right? Yeah, I agree.
0: Ugh. We should write it's, shows. We should write I'm shows. I'm telling so you, this. at this
2: point, at least tell us what you're gonna put out, and then let us
0: read your script, and we'll tell you what we think. There you go, there you go. <laughs> editors. Yeah, no, no mullets. Just more than I think, no mullets. Yeah, um,
2: I mean, they did that. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I I recently watched Terminator 2. We're gonna talk about an upcoming superhero ethics episode. I forgot that um, young John Connor's uh friend, his punk friend, has a mullet. I'm like, oh god. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's funny. I, I still feel like overall this is a very good telling of the story and the ending's terrible in the book. And so to some extent, it's not that I'm, I don't think that they made the ending worse. In in some ways I do, but also like they had nothing to go with. And so I can sort of understand. Ball of light. It's hard to fault them for not writing a better ending out of, you know, completely false new cloth. But mm-hmm. I think it, it, to me, this episode was my, the most disappointing, I think, because I, they did so much else right. They did so much else to retell the story in better ways that I was just very sad and, and disappointed that they just kind of fell back on this.
2: Yeah. I feel the same way. There, You're right, That There was aspects, you know, I liked, but there was more that I that I just did not. And I just I, – I feel like I knew this was coming, and I really wanted to like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, and there is still one more episode. And so and it's I, possible that maybe a lot of this stuff gets answered. I am – i don't think like again okay so here we're gonna get into well i'm gonna say this without being very spoilery most of the last episode in the book in the tv show most of the last part of the story is about stew and kojak and tom cullen trying to get back home and whether or not right. they do through the winter and i guess it's also going to be a lot more about fran like fran Clearly, she's going into labor. Which right,
2: and Joe seemed to know that the dark man was gone before everybody else, which right. was a little strange.
0: It'd be nice to have some kind of explanation of why he has the sort of cognition powers that he does, or maybe that's all just going to be, you know, who
2: knows? In the next but... one, maybe he's the new Mother Abigail. He's going to come out with some white dreads and a cane.
0: Yeah, <sighs> but contacts, people. I. I think what I would like to see in that last episode is some way of... And again, you don't have to tell us, like, the the magic powers of the, you know, different deities. Like, I don't want to know their hit points or something like that. I I like mystery. But (laughs) I want some more discussion over the ball of light and... Because here's the thing. Even if you say, okay, a couple of you have to go directly into the belly of the beast and challenge flag and show that you're not afraid okay i it seemed like that did matter even if it didn't matter in the ways that would seem to make sense Mm -hmm. but i still know absolutely no reason why they couldn't have packed their bags full of beef jerky and water before they started out on that road yeah i see no reason why they couldn't have waited a day taken Stu back to a hospital uh to back to that the one hospital they had in boulder and then kept going i Other than for just God to be cruel,
2: blind faith that God demands blind, blind faith, at least (gasps) for his uh, disciples or Jesus did, you know, it was always that story of like, you know, God, there's so many of them, so many of the biblical stories. And they've told me they've told me at church myself to be like, well, don't question it because he's Jesus. And I'm like, who are you kidding? Of course, like, I don't think you know me. And that, that
0: answer is so ugh, monotonous. Like, just stop. And and here's where, and again, I'm, I'm not going to try and take everybody's Sunday school. I'm just going to give th- my quick opinion and go on. That's what church authorities say. I think there's a very strong argument to me that's not what the Bible says. It's mm-hmm. certainly not what the book of Job says. The I'll write something later for this. You know, if you know, who's curious, ask me. I'll talk about it later. But, like, the book of Job, in many ways, is a complete attack on that thinking and saying, like, of course God doesn't send you tests like that. That's cruel and vindictive. No God would do that. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of the Jesus story can be read as like, that's not the point. It's not just about, you know, it's that, uh, anyway, I don't want to go into the Sunday school part of it, but (laughs) you're absolutely right. That version of the story, which is very good for controlling people of, you know, you have to do it this way or else you'll be punished. Don't ask questions. You know, that's what church power is based in. And I feel like, I, you know, I want the ghost of Glenn Bateman to come back and be like, what a stupid God this was. Look, this is why God is dumb. Don't believe in God anymore. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get the ghost of, of Glenn, but I would like it if there was – I don't want to walk away thinking, like, God is good and, and God had to make these people make sacrifices but all worked out in the end. You know, that
1: mm-hmm.
0: – that I think would I, – I think that is what King says. And so, again, it's where I'm like, can, can you just fix the dumb author? Yeah. <laughs> but –
2: the lives of a few to save many. Well, just say it that way.
0: Right. <laughs> and again, but like, why? You know, like. Yeah. If, if whoever sent this ball of lightning could have sent this ball of lightning at any time. There's, um. again, I'm not trying to get too theological here, but the whole story is about theology. So it's kind yeah. of there. Buckle up. Yeah. There's, um, you know, a lot of folks in more progressive religious traditions now have moved away from the idea of like, you know, if someone in the family is sick, we'll say like, we'll pray for their healing. But like when I ran a church, if someone said to me like, oh, we prayed and my, you know, aunt's cancer is cured. We should thank God because God cured the cancer. I- I'm always gonna be like, whoa whoa, 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 hold on here a second. Because once you say that a deity has the power to sometimes cure cancer, now every time someone dies of cancer, you have to ask, why didn't God Act at that point, you know. Exactly. It's, it's like the eagles in Lord of the Rings. Like, if the eagles could always fly to Mount Doom, why didn't they? You know, why right.
2: did Where the hell were the eagles?
0: <laughs> right. Why didn't Frodo just take the eagle taxi? And like, yeah. there are some good reasons if you go deep into the book. And I, I don't want to get a hundred emails about that. I understand that it's a it's a not perfect metaphor or analogy, but. The point being, once you establish that there is some supernatural entity that has the power to cause a ball of lightning to come down and shoot everybody, why did it do it beforehand? Yeah. Why didn't it do it before Glenn Bateman died? Why didn't it do it before the the spot? Like, why? You know, why didn't you go go find
2: him down in whatever corner of hell he was down and do it then? Like, that's another thing. Is he dead? He just disappeared. He burnt up a little bit and disappeared. Right. It it all just, like, what were you doing, God? Were you playing skee-ball again? What the fuck? Like, where were you when this happened? And he set this plague around. And then you decided to, well, let's just see what happens.
0: Yeah. And so I, I hope that we're going to get some level of discussion of that, of some level of, like, look, this is all a cycle, and we're going to break the cycle. This isn't okay. You know, some level of, we know that Fran doesn't know that Stu is, is still alive. Maybe she thinks Stu is still right. dead. I could see Fran being the one to ask these questions and saying, like, Sure, the dark man's dead, but why did Stu have to die? Why do they all have to die? Um, But who knows? We'll see. Yeah, especially
2: since Mother Abigail said that wasn't going to happen while saying it was going to happen. I guess that's why she said it like that. It's like, listen to what part of this you want. I'm about to die.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Interpret it as you will. I, I think that's about all I can say. Um. Great, guess... great show, not a great final or second to final episode. What
2: Do you know? think um sorry, do you think it. that the wolf coming to get Stu was actually a wolf?
0: I mean, I think we've established that wolves are under the dark man's control and that they are often sort of the, you know, the way he acts in different parts of the world and that's really straight from the book as well. Okay. Um it, again, it—I mean, it, it's—it happens in the book after uh, the bomb goes off, or at least no, before the bomb goes off, I guess. But well, you no, know, the timing was weird because if Tom shows up, I don't even know. Um, Tom, In the show, he got there
2: right as, right after the the wave. What do you call that? Nuclear fallout the shock wave. wave. Yeah, the shock wave blew over, and the wolf attacked in the show right before that.
0: Right. So I don't know. I I don't think it's supposed to be like literally flag- I mean maybe it's supposed to be that flag gets shot by lightning and then becomes a wolf and so and gets out of there and maybe
2: trying to take like the first person.
0: So the I final th- death blow to the devil was done by Kojak? I mean I love See, that's where I, I was getting
2: <laughs> I was getting. I was like Kojak just killed the devil. Go Kojak. <laughs> we
0: don't we don't deserve doggos. Doggos are great. We <laughs> do but- not
2: deserve them. Yeah. And I- then Tom Cullen. Uh- hey Tom
0: which yeah i don't want to say any more spoiler stuff um I, i'm curious to see how they'll play the the the, re- the next episode especially with with tom and stew getting back together it's a nice part of the story in the book it it i think they can go some good directions with it here but the timing of it was just like oh come on you know i know like, what was
2: he doing down in that gorge running the wrong way
0: <laughs> yeah it, it it uh, just didn't make any sense it
2: melted my heart though when he remembered the doggo and his yeah. name
0: that was really nice that was yeah. really nice
2: um and um, not but, enough julie at the end
0: yeah yeah i i i think i texted you about it they they established the rat woman as kind of a second julie and i feel like i get why they wanted her to be different and there is like a rat man in the book but mm-hmm. there was a number of times where like the Rat Woman was running around in kind of like you know sheer sexy clothing, being a huge personality, and I was just like, "Why not just have Julie do this?" Like,
2: right? This is, this is that who Julie is—gorgeous little pink head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a waste. And then didn't she have something? Oh, I guess that's no, no, it's not spoilers now. She had some part to do with like the bomb going off or something. Didn't she accidentally mess something up in the miniseries?
0: Um, Julie. Like, or the I remember rat
2: person? Her... Julie. I remember her seeing. I don't know. I remember her shooting the the gun at somebody and like tripping over some giant wire and exploding something before it happened. I f- I don't know. I have to go back and check, but I remember her specifically
0: uh, freaking as we out. As established, I think I didn't pay very close attention to that scene and I think I gave it as much <laughs> attention as it deserved, but it's possible. No. I know well, in the in the book, one of the major plot points is that um part part of the idea is that Flag is so focused on finding the third spy who we know as tom and is so focused on being upset that he can't that that's why he's not like paying attention and he doesn't realize what trash can man is doing and he doesn't realize mm-hmm. what Dean is doing and so again like not having that i felt like that that was another one of the pieces that was missing um, yeah but and then julie Julie recognizes Tom and points out who Tom was, and the message never gets up to Flag because of all the rest.
2: That so. was it. Tom was still there at the end, right, right. before the thing. Oh, okay, 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 okay,
0: right. okay. Got and it. He gets away before the bomb goes off, but but she recognizes him, and she tries to tell Lloyd so that he can tell Flag, but Lloyd doesn't realize it's a big deal because Flag hasn't said be on the watch for people like this. Yeah, okay. So. That makes sense. All right. Well.
2: All right. That's um, it for me. <laughs> this has been a
0: great, uh, great journey with you through the show. I'm glad I got someone to talk to, and I'm for our listeners really would love to hear what you're thinking. Um, uh, write into us. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. All the information is if you go to Pandavision at StrandedPanda.com, you'll find it all about it. You also find out all about the things that both myself and Ashley are doing. We're on a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, we're both taking part in some of the MCU podcasts. We have both been producing some of those live streams that are going on on Twitch. Lots of great stuff. You can find all of it on strandedpanda.com. You can also find all of my social media on theethicalpanda.com. That's where I do all the stuff about my different podcasts. Um, i gonna be trying to ask a lot more questions and start a lot more discussions on the Ethical Panda, both Facebook page and Twitter page. I also have a TikTok page that I'm now using for a lot more discussion. Lots of great <laughs> stuff to check out there. So Ashley as always, thank you so much. To all our listeners, thank you all so much for being a part of this, and have a great day. And remember, we'll be watching with lightning. Soup,
1: soup. Thank you for listening to PandaVision. We are a member of the Stranded Panda Network. For all of our podcasts and other creative geeky projects, check out StrandedPanda.com. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?